So can we back it up? Back it up. I'm gonna start with my nonsense. Back it up. So we had an argument at work about the election um, and how coronavirus is a Chinese hoax. And um, I suggested that next time we have an argument, this is for everybody, we should argue about who's the GOAT of the NBA. Is it Will Chamberlain or is it Michael Jordan? Because Will Chamberlain got 100 points in one game and in another game, he got 55 blocks. And for everybody here, just go look up pictures of Wilt Chamberlain and Arnold Schwarzenegger on Conan the movie. Just, just look it up. It's it's amazing. It's amazing. He was he was a beast. So if we're gonna have a good argument, that's the good argument to have. But we're we're gonna talk about the the election. That's that's how we should start. I guess as we're recording this, Joe Biden just won. That's what I hear. Literally, like I don't know, a couple hours ago. What me and my brother were saying is this a third term of Obi- of, <laughs> of Biden? Of you Biden, said it. Of um, Obama, or is this uh, Kamala Harris's first term? Oh, Which she'll she'll probably. I mean, now she's going to be the next one, right? I mean, that's mm, just, I don't know, man. She seems she's very clownish to me. Unless unless the Republican gets elected, which is what I was afraid of. Thing is, though, I think you think I'm a doomsday accelerationist type about this, but let's think. Let's be realistic. You're walking down an alley, pack of wolves comes at you. <laughs> realistic you, with a pack yeah. of wolves. And you turn in around. An alley. Uh, All right. Let's get right. real. And then you turn around, and you look back, and there's another pack of wolves. Yeah. And there's no way out. And then they close in, and they close in, and you're looking for something. There's nothing. And then they start tearing you limb from limb. Now. I just want the pain to stop. I I can't think about defeating them or what would be better. I just, all I can hope for is that it stops. That's, I think, the situation we're in. So it seemed to me that, you know, collapse would be, you know, when the wolves are eating you, you kind of want to die finally instead of being eaten alive. I mean, no? I don't, I've, never mm. been eat, I've never been eaten by wolves before, so I, I can't say. I don't have the lived experience. Uh, right. So, so you can't speak to that. You no, can't bear witness to that. I can't. No, no, I would be. I'm just I, saying. I no now we're going to keep living longer. You know, we're going to live longer. But so, let's think about. Well, let me let me give my analogy, right? And um, from from lived experience. <laughs> so you're you're 13, and you have been shoveling snow all day, and then you have about three hundred dollars in your pocket because you were you were you were doing it. Then you go to get the most expensive burger of your life at this corner store because when you get the burger, you pull out all your cash, people see it, and you get jumped by 13 guys on the way home, right? What was going through my mind was- This is just hypothetical. Oh, what? No, this is this is real. <laughs> and uh, you uh, hand them the money and you hope they don't <laughs> kill you. So what you start doing really is bargaining. So this is- this is the response to Donald Trump. It's it's bargaining, right? You're talking about the pain going away. So people do think the pain is going away. But what I think you want isn't necessarily for the pain to go away. It's 
to not be in that situation ever again. So the question is, would Donald Trump winning have stopped, um, you know, the acceleration of laissez-faire capitalism to this degree and the immiseration of people? What is going to end that? Or the immiseration of the world. Let's expand it to that because right, it's, right. It's, 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 it's a lot easier for me to talk about America. It's not laissez-faire in but, America. You know, um, if we talk about the world, it's a little bit different as far as... What I was hoping was to go into shock, you know, so that I just couldn't feel those wolves tearing me apart anymore. Hmm. But you might not go into shock because at the end of the day, maybe the wolves don't want to tear you apart to kill you. Maybe they just want to tear you apart to keep on eating you bit by bit by bit, letting you heal, eating you bit well, by that, bit Well, now, now, now you're making a lot of sense out of this crazy example because I think that's what it is. Like, let's make this go on forever. Then that's yeah. the Biden compromise. Hey, 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 slow down. Let's make this go on forever. It's like, no, I don't want to. But how would you have stopped um, Donald Trump from making it go on forever? Because he's just a collapsing. But is he, though? Yeah. I mean, it's just. He can't even win the fucking election. Of course, he's just a failure after the next. But he's just, it's all his, his, his insanity is all. I don't want him to be the president. I don't want him to be the president. I want the Democratic Party to collapse. But it won't because there's too much money propping it up. Because anytime they get defeated by the right, they just think, well, we got to go harder. You know what I mean? But I think, meanwhile, the working class moves in these terrible directions. They tune out or... Sure. Well, most working class people don't vote. They're not involved in politics. I mean, just as a rule. I mean, do you remember growing up, like, thinking about fucking politics? I mean, granted, we were kids. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Really? Yes. Yeah. See, I didn't. Ever. I grew up conservative. And um, we talked about politics. In school, they actually had us um, do a kids' election on what was it, Ross Perot, Bob Dole, and Bill Clinton. Mm-hmm. So even in school, we were talking about politics. Bob That's Dole. Interesting. Man. I feel like my family was just sort of like whatever happened to Bob Dole. My father was really political, but I guess by that point he'd started to get a little disillusioned. Um, that especially point, I was with Clinton. And- I was pretty illusioned at that point. I don't know. I just wanted to like get high and mm-hmm. be a be a punk. You know what I mean? Skateboard and get high. Yeah. Well, I mean, it had the rebellious thing. It wasn't like an intellectual thing. It was, I mean, in the teenage years, but I mean, really young. I mean, growing up conservative, we talked about that stuff. Yeah. And it wasn't rebellious. Well, yeah. I guess. Was your dad conservative growing up? Republican. Yeah. I guess that doesn't really surprise me as a small business owner, but mm-hmm. question. <clears throat> Growing up, as your dad explained it to you, were Republicans did he were they different the way he explained it? Do you think this current crop of Republicans, this movement because I think Trump is a movement. I don't think there is a movement on the left. I don't think the squad's a movement. <clears throat> I don't even know if Black Lives Matter is necessarily a no, movement. No, that's all People too curated. Might, um be mad at that. Um but I know Trump was a movement because if Trump had have gotten these votes in 2008, 2012, and he didn't sick 2016, the same amount of votes, he would have won every one of those elections. Donald Trump would have won every election since, I think, Reagan, if you're talking about by really? per capita. Yes. The number of votes he got. Yes. So he's gotten more votes so than... We're talking about the effort it took to beat him is no small effort. Um, and I'm just wondering if this... It's so fucking pathetic. If this is different. 
right? This current Republican movement is different than what it was, how your father was yeah, explaining yeah. it in it's the past. It's definitely totally different. Definitely, definitely. T- but it was also a different economic setting. So you could entertain different illusions at that mm. time. Different things seemed yeah. plausible at that time. It was like between, um, it was like, I mean, maybe this is, bit- this is like the, the, you know, Gingrich and the contract for America. You know yeah, but I mean? that was kind of weird. It was more like, it was more like, Bush Perot. Gingrich was a weirdo, right? Well, he's the one who really ushered in the current moment in a lot mm-hmm. of ways. I mean, first, I mean, Clinton winning in 92, of course, cemented the rightward shift of the Democratic Party. But then Gingrich and his role as speaker in 94 during the midterm elections, if that really kind of brought in. I mean, he was, I mean, Gingrich was just on TV using C-SPAN because C-SPAN would just always mm-hmm. be on mm-hmm. and he would just get on and just like do rants like Alex Jones style rants to people mm-hmm. to like an empty chamber, you know, cause you could just do that. And that's, you know, he was, he, he was really media savvy and he really understood like, we can't just be a boring Republican party. He's we have paleo, to be kind of fucking yeah, the paleo crazy. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> All I really remember by, about him apart from the fact the paleo conservatism stuff is that he did a dissertation on history. He's a historian he only used one foreign word in the dissertation, and it was misspelled. Gingrich, really? Yeah, Weltanschung instead of Weltanschauung, I think. That's fucking hilarious. Yeah. Congo, I think it was about. Why do I know this? Yeah, why the Congo? Uh, I don't know. Anyway, Biden. I really did not think he was going to win. Um. Oh, I did. I mean, as I'm not you, surprised. As, as we got closer to Just the election, disappointed. I was fairly certain. I wanted those tears. Um, but I mean, I think that, you know, as recently as July, August, I thought, mm, I don't know, man. Actually, you know what? A constitutional crisis. You know what the military said? They said, please, anybody, just win decisively so that it's not complicated. We could have gotten a 269-269 split. That would have been no, funny. Perfect. Then that we'd have would have to been think. So funny. Then we'd have to think about some shit. Well, no, because then it just would have been decided by the Supreme God Court. Damn it. But here's the other thing, right? With the movements on the left, right? So what we saw from the left was a bunch of fucking rallies, right? To protect bourgeois democracy. What you would want the most is a um a opposition from the left to defeat Donald Trump. And that wasn't coming. Um you know, all, all people wanted to do lately is kind of um, yell in the streets. Yeah, yeah. They just want to scream and shout. So <laughs> if that's the only opposition we have, that and the squad on the left, um, a constitutional crisis, I don't think you're coming out of that very well, you know? No, but I feel like it's in order, isn't it? I mean. No, you're, well, you're making like a normative claim. This is what ought to happen. I certainly am. <laughs> it's in order. It's like, uh, you know, you hang out with your buddy and you're like, I feel like a beer is in order, sir. You know, get together and you're like, how about a constitutional crisis? Well, here, here, let me, let me give you my motivation for this. This might get me in some trouble, but. Um, well, who's, there's no trouble. There is so, no trouble. I don't mean with leftoid goobers. I mean. Um, well, with Robert Pippin. He's going to listen. He's listening now. You're making it real. 
before you do that, like the other thing that worries me with the leftward <laughs> movements is um, like if Donald Trump was reelected and they're they're moving in the same way, applying the same actions of protest, you know, burning down municipal buildings, um, you know, and trying to escalate that the crackdown on these people is going to be extreme and it's not going to send the message that we need to revolt. It's going to send the message to shut the fuck up, right. quiet down. Right. Which is going to placate you more yeah. to the current paradigm than it's going to produce that opposition from the working class that you need. Because we just don't have the the type of forces that you need and we don't have the program that we need from the left in order to make anything positive out of a constitutional crisis at the moment. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Well, I don't know. I mean... Well, our left movement is so feckless. Well, they don't, they ultimately are just good bourgeois Republicans who just, they're like, please, I'll settle for anything. Just make it work. But even self-described progressives and socialists are just... Yeah, they're, they're yeah. bourgeois Republicans. Like, please, just make the system work. The issue is this. Uh, it's the last clause of the Fifth Amendment. Uh, private property shall not be taken for public use without just compensation. So, um, capital accumulation is built into the constitution of this country. Mm -hmm. Expropriation would be unconstitutional unless you had some really, you know, funky hermeneutics changing that around. And, you know, I mean, I don't think the Supreme Court we've got is going to do that. And so you can just forget, um, any kind of, any kind of reasonable economic changes that would even just save capitalism in this country. Like at this point, you'd have to have some expropriation just to be a good Keynesian and save capitalism. Mm -hmm. And so, I, I the Constitution is like a stone around our neck in in the well, couldn't you English easily get around that with a quantitative easing? So instead of telling the airlines we're going to give you money so you can still operate, you tell them we're buying a piece of yeah, it. that's what we're doing, and so it perpetuates it forever. And that's why right. Biden's the natural candidate because he's the finance candidate. But what? Who? Who would be in opposition to that if Donald Trump wins? Who? Who is going to push? See, the point is not. The point is not that there is a good opposition candidate. The point okay. is that there is a candidate which will make this go on forever, and there's a candidate which will just blunder for four years and make sure nothing happens and drive everyone else in the world together, so that we can rebound leftwards instead of four years of Biden and then rebounding rightwards to someone even worse than Trump. I mean, I think it'll be Trump again. Yeah, really? I think he's running in 2024. He's got it in him for sure. He's, he's got it in him. Well, he's four years time. younger than Biden. He'll be as old as Biden is now in four years. He's not going free of him. He's not going anywhere. Oh, this is a thing. I don't... But then I mean, again... He, I don't know. It depends. I mean, you, what you said the other day is going to start a media channel. Yeah. Yeah, he wants to start Trump TV. He wants to bring all the Fox hosts with him. But he's not. The Fox hosts know where their bread is buttered. They know he doesn't have enough money to pay them like that. I I, I doubt they're jumping. I ship think like there's that. a market. Yeah, there is. There's there's the OAN network. I mean, Fox News came out in the '80s, right? Because they were new. They were That's fresh. Old hat. You can you can mm -hmm. make something new, sure. And I think he'll do that. But um, and he'll invent his own Twitter. If he who's going with him? Twitter. You know, there is still the element of the Republican Party that he was able to unite was the lump and proletariat and mm -hmm. the bourgeois element, right? And Fox News seems to have the bourgeois element of the Republican Party cornered. Mm -hmm. 
So if all he's taking is the lumping part of it, mm -hmm. then is that enough power nah, to work? I don't think with? that's quite right because I mean Fox has always been a little bit more. I mean, you got it's like you got a lump in proletariat. You also got a lump in bourgeoisie. So, I mean, he's he's mm. like a Bonapartist type. He strikes a balance between peasants and lump and proletariat. That's what I'm saying. The bottom. Of but is he going to be able to? Uh, does he strike that balance enough to steal them away from Fox News? Or are they more connected? Get, he's not going to get the classic News. GOP GOP types. Well, he he never has. Right. So no loss there. Right. But what I'm saying is, are there other parts of? How many votes did he get? He got 69 million so far. Every one of those people, every one of those individuals would tune in. Hmm. I don't know, though, because I think a lot of people, much like a lot of Democrats who didn't really want Biden to be president, but voting for him anyways. I think a lot of Republicans just vote for Donald Trump because they're Republican. And it's like, that's what you do when you're Republican. You vote but for isn't that what changed? Because you asked me, is it right. the same as it was when my dad was a Republican, you know, and I was a kid and blah, blah. And. Um, I feel like that's what's gotten mixed up. People aren't just doing this because it's what they used to right. do. Like people voted Obama who didn't vote Democrat. People voted Trump who always voted uh, Democratic. I'm not saying all. I'm saying though there are. I think there is still a significant number really? of people who just vote down the ticket. You know what I mean? They don't really like Trump, but they certainly don't want a Democrat in office. Here's the thing, though: <clears throat> it's easier to plug your nose and vote for Biden than it is to plug your nose and vote for Trump. Is it not? <clears throat> I don't know. I don't know. Because there's cultural implications, right? Where I didn't do you vote live? for either, so. It's yeah, like me neither. The, but, I, mean, I voted for Biden. The heavy influence on me voting for Biden, Biden, Biden is um, accountability to my family. You almost said Obama. I, I said Byron. I don't know why. But, and like, if you're talking about what I think is like right wing ideology, the family is a lot stronger. The community is a lot stronger. You're talking about rural areas where every pe people know each other. And versus metropolitan areas where people are more atomized, right? So if you're talking about whether or not you're going to vote Republican or Democrat, the influence of community may be stronger on Republicans than it is on Democrats. Hmm. So it's a lot harder to hold your nose and vote for Biden if you're a Republican because you have to explain that to somebody. There's a someone you have to be accountable to. Whereas if you're a Democrat who really... Um, doesn't care, but voted for Biden, that's probably less likely because there's less familial accountability mm -hmm. in that respect. Growing up in uh, rural Ohio is pretty atomistic. It's a lot of pressure from family, but it's I mean, there's not a lot of community. I don't know. Mm. Well, I mean, it's atomistic sort of in a lot of settings just by virtue of how fucking massive America is and how... It's I mean, there's different. different types of atomization, right? I mean, you live in a rural country. Maybe you have three neighbors. That feels kind of atomized. You know them the only people well. you talk to is going to come up. Who'd you vote for? Right, but don't want to talk you know, about maybe, it. Maybe you know you live in Chicago. I'm surrounded by in this neighborhood. I, God, how many people do you think live on our block? A thousand, fifteen hundred, two thousand? I don't know. How yeah, but if you lived here, as, yeah. But you know, but I mean, the point is that I don't talk to any of them ever. Yeah, but if you grew up here the way you grew up in Ohio, you'd probably know a lot of them. Maybe, but the thing with cities is there's more turnover. Anywho, guys, what do we have to expect? Like pr perspectives. Next four years is going to be, it's basically going to be like 2012 to 2016 Obama. I think. Just replay? I don't it's going to be so. a replay. I think Biden is going to go try to do the public option, mm. you know, which is, you know, let's go farther left than Obama. Let's do oh. the public option, you know. 
Well, I mean, um, I'm, I'm for it, I guess. Okay, sure, whatever. I'm not like, I don't care. I didn't want I, him as a president, but I'll take it. Right, like, okay, the public option. People can can opt to pay into, but it's still it's still the wrong, I mean, of course, it's still the wrong model. Mm-hmm. Um, what we need to do is to, to destroy the insurance company. Of course, the we NHS. need to destroy it. And, and the public option just allows you to basically, it's the same model. I mean, it's not like it's any, you're still paying for a premium. Right. That you, then, you know what I mean? It's, it's not something where you just get, free point you know point of service or whatever um and so that's 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 wrong it's just supposed to be more competitive price-wise um well the funny thing is sorry finish finish that's okay and i'm just i just think they're gonna ramp up more race relations stuff you know with Mm. blm and Mm -hmm. the squad and all the you know it's it's gonna be a real reckoning with they're take i think they're gonna take this as a as a as a mandate on the quote-unquote white working class yeah, you had your four years of fame, and now yeah, shut now the you fuck can up. go fucking kill yourself because we don't care about you. I mean, I've seen countless people already today basically saying like have an the Democratic Party needs to stop talking to those people. We need to center exclusively yeah. women, LOL. people of color, um, you know, the LGBTQ community, whatever. People think the, just the term working class is racist. Because if you say working class, they'll never win again if working class people don't vote because that's 60% of the. But it's insane because, yeah, white people make up 70% of this country. It's a huge population of people. Most people in this country are working class. So, yeah, the working class has a large contingent of white people in it. You can't just pretend like they don't exist because some of them are a little conservative. Or. Yeah. And even if they are, let's say there's there are bad right. apples among them. It's politics. It's not even that. Like, I'll I'll bring in Andrew Yang, man. We miss him. Um, but he said something that made sense. Daniel's laughing. Um, but he was saying, let's say you are, you know, um, I don't know exactly what he said, but you're you're working on like you're you're a coal miner, and um, you lose your job, and you look up and you're like, who's gonna help me? The Democratic mm-hmm. Party doesn't offer you anything. Mm-hmm. And then secondarily, I'm reading the news and Rob Emanuel is talking about, I don't know if it was specifically coal miners, but he was talking about people losing their jobs. We need to teach them to code. Oh, yeah. They, they're, they're big on that. And I was thinking in my mind, imagine me, right? I'm an architect and I lose my job and someone tells me, guess what? We're going to teach you how to mine coal. <laughs> Is that a fucking option? Is that a realistic option for me? Right? Well, I don't want to. And also, exactly, right? America, American identities are built off of where they work, right? I just called myself an architect, Mm -hmm. right? And that explains a lot about me. Um, Less than others, but, you know, enough. Um, And people who work in coal mines, oil rigs, who do all these types of jobs, a part of their identity is built into that. They find pride in that. And that's oh, yeah. a strong thing. And you're telling them, fuck you, become a, become a, a you know, a software developer. Well, and soft so de- software developers are too fucking, you know, I, some of them say, oh, you can't even get fast food workers to get your order right. How do you expect these guys to come in and, and do code? Well, the they, code- Because they, I mean, for them, the knowledge economy is basically gatekeeping. That's why we have professional degrees. No, 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 you have to have the right, only certain people can do this job, AKA me, because I'm smart enough and I've learned how to do it. The know? code the code thing among the left um, neoliberals and the PMC types is just total fetish of the intellect. And of course. so that's nonsense. But the thing is what it illustrates is they're, they are 
totally okay with people being compelled to do work they don't want to do and just like shut up and do it and you know what be a be a coder is the same thing as like like maybe somebody takes pride in being a pardon me maybe somebody takes pride in being a coal miner but you think the first one in their family took pride in it no they 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 took it because that's what there was and they were desperate nobody wants to be a coal miner in the first instance it sucks and it kills you and sure. so you know be a coder is the same as be a coal miner that's to say like i don't give a shit what you want go make profit for me and so these mm-hmm. people are just the enemy and we have to stop thinking like we're going to get anything from these people cuz i mean look i mean look they're they're even it's so it's so vicious and insidious it's not even pro capitalist like look at this healthcare stuff a public option still still for profit do you know what a boom it would mean for American capitalism if there were no more healthcare costs? If you cut all those right. costs out of there, nobody had to pay for healthcare anymore. That would mean massive, massive cuts in costs for American corporations. They could either pay it out to their workers, and then that would stimulate effective demand, boom the economy, or they could reinvest it in accumulation, and then they could develop new technologies, develop the capacities, develop our society. Thing is, we're so weighed down by these costs. Um, it's just per it's perpetual stagnation and who's defending it the the fire sector and tech party the democrats and so well, that's because that's where they get all their money is from but that it's also republicans got stagnating stop. form of of totally like parasitic capital because they're just, just reaching off the it's top. just perpetual stagnation and, and they're going to drive us into neo-feudal nonsense and the thing is the republicans aren't the good guys or something that's not the point but no one can save you it's a pack of wolves coming from this direction and a pack of wolves coming from that direction yeah so one just... one pack of wolves is going to ask you for your pronouns first and the other yeah one's rabid and the other's uh... <laughs> just i don't know it's just republicans do the same thing right um just in a more exclusionary vicious way um so, I mean, it's not necessarily the same thing. It's not the same um, tools in the kit, but both apply. What I'm seeing out of this election, perspective-wise, is um, hopefully we're reaching the bedrock of identity politics. Because what it says to me is the Republicans are playing white identity politics and they're building, a, everyone's building a coalition off of identity. Mm-hmm. Republicans off of white identity, Democrats off of everyone else, you know, and both of them are kind of saying, fuck your working, your working class identity. It doesn't matter. You can always work to do something else. Um, and what we need to do on the left, I mean, is just put more of a focus on class, right? You know, o- over other things. It's just because it's not, it's not a function of you need to exclude people's class. It's just that de facto if Marxism is for the working class, it's for everybody, right? That's that's the first order. Mm-hmm. And then secondarily, you don't want these people to have any ground to co-op what you're trying to do. And if you put it on identity grounds, mm-hmm. then the idea of Kamala Harris being the first black Asian woman oh, to be so in office holds a lot more sway over how people perform politically, Right. So you can use that as a, 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 an offering to people to say, we're going to give you this identity. You mm-hmm. give us your vote. But if you have working class politics, there's nothing superficial they can add. They can give you that right, symbolic it's exchange. Mater- won't it's, work. it's all material. Right. So well, who was the last 
poor president we had. When are we going to break? Jimmy Carter? What do you call it? Was he poor? I don't know. I don't think he was poor. I mean, Jimmy Carter, Lincoln, he owned a peanut farm. What did he get that after he left office? Yeah, I, he was also a grammar teacher or something. Yeah, he grammar was a teacher. teacher. I mean, he was relatively modest comparatively compared I mean, to- Abe Lincoln grew up like on a dirt floor log cabin. So sure, the goes, maybe. sure. That's the last um, one I remember. I think, uh, I want to say- uh, I mean, I'll, I mean, most I mean, of our presidents became wealthy. The working I think class. Truman, if I remember, Truman was relatively. Oh modest. right, yeah, he was a real. He was relatively modest. Real means Well, then that doesn't count because Truman was a piece of shit. <laughs> yeah. But I think you know. I could be wrong though. I don't. I don't. The I, working I, class yeah. is you know disproportionately underrepresented in the ruling class. I mm-hmm. think it's time that we you know. Lay that one to rest. We got that identity. Break that barrier. Yeah. Display the working class. Well, you know, but the thing is, is you do have a lot of people who actually who actually use that as a as a strategy. What if how do you how do we turn class into an identity to compete with identity politics? And I just think, no, 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 no. That's not mm-hmm. gonna work, man. It's not gonna work. What do you think? What do you what do you do with class then? If you don't turn it into an identity, what do you do with it? Here we go. What do you mean? So you're saying don't turn class into an identity to compete with other identities, right? I can see the hazards in that, right? Well, what I mean is- I'm a whip out my Harvey. Huh? I'm a whip out my Harvey. I mean, how do you utilize class? Well, okay. I think- It's it's a role. It's not a property that attaches to persons. Go deeper. I'm not deeper. Actually make it- Like explain what the hell that means? Why don't you- well, the problem is that if it's not connected to anything material, anybody can just then call themselves mm. whatever. I mean, it's just like everyone calls themselves middle class, even mm. though even though a lot of people aren't actually middle class. And, no, I don't think that tracks it, though, because then mm. that's just about uh, what you self-identify as. No, I mean. Well, right. But I mean, what I mean, identity politics is about self-identification. No, I mean. Maybe mm-hmm. they're getting more sensitive to passing, which you're not in control of. But I mean, the point is the class is something totally different. It's a well, position I mean, you occupy right, I mean, in a of system. Course, I mean, I would say, I mean, my response system. is class is totally different. Yeah. It's, so it's, it's, it's categorically different than please. identity because it's not ascriptive. That it's is not, asking it's not a label what you, you mean? attach on it. Right. So class is about what you do in a certain sense. Um, not only what you do. What's the certain sense? Well, specifically, it's your relationship to productive and unproductive labor right or I isn't mean, it your relationship to exploitation or, yeah, that's yeah, it, yeah. or relationship to exploitation sure sure, sure. well your relationship to the accumulation of capital okay right i mean or yeah your relationship to the means of production to put it in the kind of traditional marxist sense um but the question is like do you work for Profits. you know it's do you do you exchange your labor for a wage or do you own land that you then are receiving rent from passively because mm-hmm. you're you own the land and so you're, or are you an investor and you have a shit ton of money and you're just mm-hmm. kind of leeching stuff you know lending out money for interest absentee you know? ownership yeah so those are all sort of different kind of relationships most people work for a wage mm-hmm. most people the overwhelming overwhelming majority you know then the mean I mean right now still in 2020 the 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 mean the mean income is thirty thousand dollars. Crazy. Half of Americans make less than $30,000. Crazy. Half. Almost a quarter but make hey, almost a quarter make less than 15. We can rest easy now though because Joe Biden has, you know, slayed the beast. You know, and okay, $30,000 gets you a lot farther say 
a, in a rural town in Ohio where you're paying five hundred dollars a month in, in Chicago. Rent. What are you making thirty thousand dollars in that rural town? Exactly, that's the question. No, you're, you're not. probably not. Probably not. I you're was probably, making you're, twelve thousand. Right, exactly. You're probably making eight I bucks an hour, nine bucks an hour, living on twelve. If you're lucky, dollars. it's crazy. Well, I mean, I, I thought about this earlier today. I was driving and I was thinking about old jobs I had working at Meyer Stock and Shelves. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, Daniel and I worked there together actually. Um, when I worked at the record store, which was like a cool job, you know, that was like my step you up. Probably get paid less. I, yeah, I was making like seven twenty-five. Oh, no, mm-hmm. more. You know what I mean? How much did we make at Meyer? I don't even actually remember. Started oh. at five fifty. Did it really? Starting pay. Yeah, that was a long time ago. I, yeah, yeah. Oh, I mean, that was two thousand what, two thousand one, two, three, two thousand three. Yeah. So yeah, I mean, and then I I got the job at the record store. I think I started at like six something and ended yeah, at like go. eight mm-hmm. over four years. You know, um, and. You know, my rent was three hundred and forty bucks a month, or four hundred ten, I think. Mm-hmm. Really? Good. Yeah, I lived in a one bedroom apartment. Yeah, but you downtown. know, back then, I mean, that's struggling though. Three, yo, that's struggling. You know, but, but I only worked part time. I didn't work full time. Three years later, so though, I made you could enough get a money to pay Logan off my rent and like buy cigarettes. You know, that was mm-hmm. it. Yeah, because I didn't really have a credit card then. Mm-hmm. I didn't have a phone payment. I don't think. I think I did, but it was like 10 bucks. Mm-hmm. Some fucking stupid thing. Do you remember going to that John Kerry rally and thinking like, he's got to win. He's got to win. This is really important. Yeah, downtown in downtown Bowling Green. Oh, yeah. Yeah. yeah now I just look back. John and Edwards, say, man. Handsome. I would have actually said that election was more important. Well, in hindsight, it probably was. Mm-hmm. Actually, I think the one, wasn't it the 2000s the most important? Because yeah. that's I mean, that's but, when the war criminal got elected that everyone's forgotten. But sure. I mean, but no one knew he was going to be a war criminal. It was well, also never the most do. openly fucking- What I'm saying is you uh, knew in 2004. Illegitimate election we've probably ever- Yeah. Yes. That's yeah. the thing. People people protesting right now in downtown Chicago- The Supreme Chicago, Court literally just said, don't do anymore. Sorry, you have to stop now because Bush is ahead. Yep. And they said that we can't make this ruling precedent. This is for this election only. Mm-hmm. So it was complete bullshit. But let's talk about the protests. Because this is why Chicago I was reluctant protests. to do this podcast on the election. Because looking at them, it's like, why? Yeah, why the, are you protesting the when the count wasn't even in? Nothing is happening like the Donald year Trump isn't right. stealing the election. No. I don't even think I don't even think he wanted to win. I really don't. I think he's probably relieved. I mean, I think he wanted to win. I mean, I think he wanted to win insofar as that he's a narcissist. Right. He doesn't like to lose. But I also think life will be easier. It's so it. apparent that he fucking hates doing his job. He's a rich guy who's never had to but do anything. But he likes being, he likes the adulation. He likes the adulation, but he hates fucking doing stuff. All he wants yeah. to really wants to but do is like golf do anything. and shit. He yeah. doesn't no, he do wants anything. to troll people. Exactly. Yeah, he likes to troll people. Sure, like the presidency gives him some some privilege, but he's Thing also is, responsible for certain things that I don't think he really wants to be. What do these people want? They're, you know, count every vote. I mean, on the one hand, you got these goofballs in Michigan saying stop the vote. And then on here, and then, you know, then you got protesters here saying we have to stop Donald Trump from stealing the election. We have to save democracy. Count every vote. It's like, okay, look, Donald Trump lost. What now? Yeah, what That's are you going to do point. now? All your perspective. Well, they're going to go back to brunch is what they're going to do. No, not, not even that. Let, let's even talk about people on the far left, the people who aren't going out to brunch. Those are the people who are out, the activists, right? They're out there. This is what they were all, they're this is what they They're probably going to take some Molly this weekend and have a threesome and, you know, just to take a vacation. No, they're not. You know these people. <laughs> they're not that interesting. You know that's not going to happen, right? That's not going to happen with them. 
I don't know. What do First you want? You got what you wanted. Joe, they were counting the vote and Joe Biden was ahead. Why did you need to go out onto the streets? Right? Well, because what, what they, was the impetus? Here's the thing. What they wanted. Here's what this is the thing. They wanted Donald Trump to win and they wanted to have their glorious revolutionary moment and they didn't get it, but they got their load saved up. So they got to blow it. That's all. Did they well, want Donald Trump to win? The election was they could never him? admit it because what they're basically Democrats. But the but they were all campaigning for Joe Biden. DSA, right. everybody right, was all, out for Joe Biden. Yeah, but all they want to do is get people fired up and spit in people's faces. I see all these memes where they're like, you know, these leftoids saying, "I know this doesn't make a difference, but if it gets some Trump voter pissed off, then then I have well, a here's good the day." The left right now, a lot of people on the left, their identity is built around being anti-fascist because they mm. are convinced that Trump is actually fascist and that he represents a true fascist threat. Mm-hmm. So like that sort of hyperbole and that kind of, it's just theater, you know, it's like ramping up the volume. Like, yeah. Histrionic they want, they personality want, like, disorder. To fucking, that's why they want to like confront Trump supporters. I think they want these altercations because it's a sort of symbolic. I mean, what else do you do? If you think there are actual literal fascists they in the world, they don't even want. But here's that. the thing: a real fascist, there's only one thing to do with. But they're not doing that. What they want is to act out their fantasies. Right. About of course, themselves. that's what I mean. That's what I mean. It's it's the it's a sort of nostalgic imagining of like what it means to to resist power. Mm. And authority. The thing is, in real life, there are real stakes. And when you right. lose, you're done. And when you're really fighting with fascists, there's not an opportunity for a next time. And so... Well, yeah, real fascists would st- just fucking kill you. Right. And so that's how you know it's not that. So, I mean, it's, it's, it, that's the thing with Trump is that Trump, like, if Trump were actually a fascist, the last four years would have been awful. I mean, just aw- way worse than they were. Or there would have been full employment. Or that. Along with some camps. Well... You would have exactly. Yeah, you would, but I mean, you would have to explain how you I get mean, you to that. Have, you, 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 you and I well, might have people who say this. I'm not right saying now. it's good. I'm not saying it's right. good, but I'm saying the people who say this just have no f- clue about what fascism means. So let's let's just sure. take it there. People sure. people generally who are going to listen to this aren't going to have a clue of what fascism means, right? Even if you're taking it on the merits of Donald Trump was a fascist opposition. He had bad opinions. Sure. Let not even I'm, let's not even like put people down, right? Let's go with he's a fascist. Okay. But where you are opposing him the strongest is in Portland, Seattle, and blue <laughs> states. Why the fuck aren't you guys going to Atlanta, to Texas? Why aren't there buses of right, people yeah, yeah. from Portland going into Utah, right. wherever the fuck they're closest to? That's what I mean by it being performative. Why is there a showdown? What do you want, right? Do you? I, that's what I'm saying. They don't want this showdown. What they're doing is performing liturgy for an absent God. Yeah. Look at me. Look at me. I'm so... Look at me in my black... I, it's not a... You know, I'm dressed up like a... Radical look, it's so cool, right? What do you do with that cool? Let's 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 try to make it positive too. What do you do with that impetus or that 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 um uh, um desire for coolness, right? Is there any way to gain something to push that into political action? You know, because if that's what we have left, if that's what we're saying we have on the left, is this this perform this performance and you know people wanting to desire to be cool mm-hmm. maybe there's something you can do with the desire to be cool i mean i don't know though because i feel like the desire to be cool 
is always about reactionary. It's always about the market. What makes mm. something cool? The only way you can understand is something cool is if the market has basically already created a space for it. Like right. it's always sort of nostalgia. I mean, w- even punk, all of these movements were always immediately co-opted by the market and sold mm. back to people as you can be cool now if you want to be cool. Yeah, because these you know? movements made novelties. Which like I don't want politics to be cool. Right. One of the things I liked about right. Bernie Sanders is that he's not cool. Mm. He's a fucking dork. Well, he's the, just like a boring yeah. old Jewish guy who's really nice and kind of curmudgeonly and says the same fucking set, 10 sentences over and over again. Obama was cool. And that's where we mm. went. Right. I mean, and that's the problem. Biden is not cool, but he's right. also a dipshit. But Biden is just, def- <laughs> he's defective. Well, he has dementia. He well, does. I would also say Biden is cool to different people. Yeah, Maybe. I've seen sunglasses. He was cool when he was younger. No, 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 ice cream cone. Some people do that ironically, like, all right, what is his, what's his word, chief or whatever he says? He says chief and Mac. Right, Mac, right. Like all this fucking. Jack is his. Yeah, he's, he's. Listen, Jack. He was really attractive when he was younger. I saw a picture of young Joe Biden. Not in the 70s. Like in the 60s with a beard and shit. He was a snack. Paul Ryan sexy. <laughs> <laughs> You're riding with Biden in '68. I would have been. I would have been riding his ass. You'd been riding Biden. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. Gross. <laughs> oh shit. Um, yeah, I just. I think we have. I mean, what do we have to hope for? I don't know, but I think what one really interesting sort of fact about the election. Other people have already talked about this. But it's worth, I think, mentioning again, which is one of the most brilliant ironies of this election. And I think it's really symbolic of how, how, um, of the sort of parallax around left politics and what it means to be working class and what does the working class want, et cetera, et cetera. California, bluest state mm-hmm. of all. Oh, yeah, here past we go. Well, it's the, it's the, wait, hang on. It's the California, Florida phenomenon. Right, it's exactly. Double, yep. It's double. Right, but it's also really, it's also totally pertinent. So California passes, California's the, Proposition the 22. Bluest, they pass Prop 22, which basically keeps all contractors, basically just gig economy serfs. Yep. No protections. They're not, they can't be treated yep. as workers. It's awful. It's like <laughs> one of the most draconian fucking industries. I mean, not and, to and mention. And everyone there is just like, that's fine. We're in Illinois. Guess what? We just didn't pass. Right. We didn't the pa- fair tax. Yeah, exactly. And we didn't pass the fair tax. Florida voted for Trump. Also voted for a fifteen dollar minimum wage. Boom. Right by a huge margins. I mean, Chaos 15, the fifteen dollar main like last I think it was election seventy like percent or something voted for the fifteen dollar minimum yep. wage. Last election voted for Trump gave ex cons the right to vote. Exactly. Exactly. So maybe we're like me and Daniel talked about this before. Maybe working class politics, the future is in referendum. It's not in party politics. Right. Because issue after issue, Medicare for all is an issue that what? If we had 70, a referendum, 80%, we would have 80% of people support Medicare it, for right? All. Or 70% of people support it. We would have mm-hmm. it. It would win in a landslide. Well, we just, maybe we just need a purely formal majoritarian party because all of these things that we say we want. Right. Like a, like a party that basically and just takes his cues based on what the majority wants. Yeah, and the uh, the obstructionists are the actual bureaucratic sort of politicians. That would actually be a kind of interesting. We have a referendum party uh, approach to working class politics, right? Insofar as most people are want 
the majority mm. is working class and what, is, what does the majority want? And it's methodologically neutral on anything that's not majoritarian, anything that divides the working class. Yeah. But um, you put minorities <laughs> at the hazards of the majority and their wants because we can talk about all the good things that the majority wants, but issues on the border are often very negative for, you know, immigrants. Yes, but don't you... I think even in polls, though, I think majority of people... Dreamers well, don't don't support really reactionary no. border policy, right? Right. But um, that's I mean, the they hazard. Don't exact, is all they don't exactly saying. support super See, progressive policy. Here's the thing, policy, no. here's the but, thing though. I think when when we say the word minority, it's almost as though like, I so I use the word majoritarian. That might scare some people, but when we use the word majority minority, it sounds like it, it's like the de- the automatic response to think of that in terms of race, mm-hmm. but. I mean, why would you think that the so-called minorities aren't part of the majority? Why would you think that? I mean, the majority of Americans work. So if you're a majoritarian, that's, that's what you're going it. with. I mean, right? what if is, you're talking about border policy and you're talking about workers versus immigrant workers, there is an antagonism there. But that's an antagonism within the class that's a majority. So you're yeah. not going to do that. Possibly. Possibly. I'm saying it's possible, right? And... I think there is merit in having a majoritarian party because it functions as like an, an, an equalizer, right? At a certain point, if people want more progressive policy, then if you have mm-hmm. a party that is more progressive, they're going to go with that. If they want conservative par- policy, they're going to go with that. But always, if both sides aren't satisfying, they're going to go with the majoritarian party, right? Mm-hmm. Until those parties actually have satisfying mm-hmm. policies for people. The majoritarian party is just de facto going to have the more satisfying policy. Right. I See, I my intuition is that Democrats win by saying something like this. You're not a worker. You're black. You're not a worker. Mm. You're Asian. You're mm-hmm. not a worker. You're a, you're a this, that, X, Y, Z, A, B, C, D, F, G. You're not white. You're racist. Right. Or, <laughs> <laughs> there you go. And so, no. Why on earth would we think black people are working people? White people are working people too. Right. We're all working people. So we just seek out the lowest common denominator. And we advocate those interests and right. it will be like just an enema for politics. That's well, yeah. I, I, that's I mean, I, I, I mean, think about this though. I mean, it's really, it's fucking crazy to me that the Democrats know the whole party knows how many people, even Republicans support Medicare for all. I mean, there's just no denying at this point. It is their constituency is the healthcare companies not run on it. They won't do it. You know? And like, can you imagine I mean, just as a political strategy. I mean, of course, if your political strategy is to get a bunch of money from the health insurance mm, lobby. They're doing wonderfully. They're doing wonderfully. Mm. But insofar as thinking about what politics is and what how you win. I mean, and that's what that's like kind of what's a fascinating thing about the Medicare for all issue is that it it represents a real par- uh, contradiction in the Democratic Party because mm-hmm. they want to win. That's the thing. I'm not so sure. They can't actually win on a winning issue. Before you got here, Thaddeus and I were talking. And I was, well, okay. I actually don't know if they want to win because I think they like being losers. Well, there's that. But also they prefer to um, just be opposition because... That's what I mean. You don't actually have to do no, anything. I but they also like win, win as individuals. Their terms they also is, like is the to difference. win. They win as individuals yes. when they lose as a party. Because Nancy Pelosi has positively benefited from everything in Trump's um, um, four years. And so... They don't have any skin in the game. They don't need to win. When they lose as a party, for us, they win as individuals for themselves. And so, 
I mean, they're a loser party that's paid to lose by and for oligarchs. So the idea that we could push them to the left or expect anything is just, is just like, it's just like, you know, maybe tomorrow the sun just isn't going to come up. Like, My yeah. thing is you do both, right? There are people, here's how I say, right? I always put it as you never knock anybody's hustle. There are people who believe that you can push the Democratic Party left, right? Let them do that. Because that's if they're not doing that, they're not doing anything else. And then there are people other than that who think you need a third party and you need to basically, you know, I guess, reorder the system, change the whole system. You focus on both because if you focus on trying to reform the Democratic Party, you're going to create cracks, right? And that's going to be the cracks that people like us, I think, who want to, you know, create a third party and have something totally different, real change. You can use those cracks to break them. Maybe, maybe. But what if their hustle is like they're addicted to huffing gas? It's like, dude, stop it. You know, like they just have this nonsense addiction and they just believe this nonsense and it's hmm. positively part of the problem. I'm inclined to say like, you just got to stop that. I don't think we have, we can do that though. No, it's not in my power to make someone stop huffing gas, but I don't know, maybe, maybe, I don't know, maybe they'll stop. I don't know, I don't know because like, even if you're talking about huffing gas or doing drugs, drug addiction for a thing like, um. You're not going to really help somebody by giving them all tough love. You, I mean, having a place to monitor somebody is more beneficial than just kicking them out on the street. Right. But if they're a liability for the political movement because their addiction to fantasies is, you know, holding everyone back, maybe you could light their cigarette or something, at least get them out of the way. You know what I mean? That's what I think. Um, allowing them to participate in their project of reform is. It's allowing them their cigarette and getting them out of the way. Do I mean, lighting thing. a gas huffer's cigarette. Like, poof, ciao. Like, these people are a liability. No? I agree. I don't necessarily All right. agree. All right. Um, I just think that because what is... So, I'm thinking, like, we've often had discussions on what happened in the first American Civil War. You had the Democrats who were the party of slavery and you had the Whigs, which were basically the centrist party, which were basically like the Democrats now. Mm -hmm. Right. And what happened is the Republicans came in first. They tried to reform the Democratic Party. Right. And then you had the real catalyst bleeding Kansas. Mm -hmm. um, people should research that because that takes a lot of time to explain um, and the Republican Party finally figured out we can't really work with either party. Mm -hmm. We need to basically um, divide the Democrats, mm -hmm. right, that are abolitionists. Mm -hmm. And we need to um, basically destroy and take over the Whigs. Right. So I think offering that wedge, right, whatever issue that is into the Democratic Party, the Green New Deal might be it, Right. And on the other side, starting to form a third party, I think that's the tactic that, you know, God forbid we have another civil war. But that's the that's the tactic that allowed the abolition of slavery. Right. You, you you're put, splitting the enemy. Right. The Democrats you're, you're pro -slavery splitting your enemy and, and you are co-opting your 
your your centrist politically, allies politically, yeah, politically. Not, not militarily not militarily i mean militarily you're fighting your opposition that's left right but what you want to do is you want to co-opt as much of the former opposition as possible while basically providing an ultimatum mm -hmm. to the side that is closer to you yeah but you here's know? the thing here's the thing though i think like i i take the point but we split the democrats maybe i mean better better than no split the republicans right so right so the goal would be to treat the democrats like the whigs we just want them out we want to give them, them the ultimatum gone either you're and, with this or you're against it and we know so, most of you are most of your voters are with it so we don't want to relate to the democrats like the republicans related to the democrats where they you know they, they only won by splitting them i mean that's what i think a lot of dsa types and these people say like we got to, you know, get in the Democratic Party and co-opt it. And that's that's just an illusion. That's nonsense. The only way you could actually split them is would have I think would have been if if Trump had just kicked the shit out of Biden, because then it would have just meant, you know, it sent them reeling. No, that's that's what I mean. I don't think you would have been able to split the you Republicans. You can't take it over from the inside. No, what I'm saying is I don't. Well, the, the whole idea of reforming the Democrats mm -hmm. doesn't happen with. Trump being reelected. I don't think you can. The, 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 I think the first order is splitting the Republicans. And I don't think you can do that with Trump because mm. he's a cult of personality. Mm. You need to get rid of him and then you can show these Republicans because they don't like Mitch McConnell. So if he Mitch McConnell's the leading the party, the party, then the Trump adherents will be ready to split. You can split them because so many people I talk to voted for. I don't want to say this. <laughs> Should I? <laughs> they voted for Bernie Sanders. And then they were like, because I like his policies. I want Medicare for all. You know, mm -hmm. I want free college. I want that. Mm -hmm. And they voted for Trump because mm -hmm. the Democrats didn't have that on offer. And what they're left with is the cult of personality that they like. Well, obviously, if you don't get what you want, you're not going to go with it. Why should anybody blame those people? No, I don't. Right. I mean, I do because I am extremely opposed to racism i told you that's my personal if you want to call it narcissism that's my personal narcissism i cannot abide that's a racism threat. yeah that's a threat you face right so if you're talking about my self-interest that's the one that people can tap into that's outside of my working class identity right that's stronger than my working class identity is my anti-racist identity right because it has material um you know hazards for me um, so, but I think if we're talking politically, I think Mitch McConnell is a much better opposition to say, Hey, these Republicans are back to not giving you anything you want. They don't even have a guy that you can relate to. Why don't you join this third party? So you say, so you think this is going to send the Republicans into chaos? N it depends. I don't think in the next four years, because Donald Trump is still going to have influence, right? He's still going to be there as a, as a pole, but Unless if he just fucking to, dies. Yeah. You know, <laughs> inshallah, right? Unless he just Trump? dies, Trump? yeah. But, um, yeah, I think the Republican Party, as it was before with George Bush, you saw these things happening where you did have fertile ground to schism them. I think if you had a Bernie Sanders against, like, um, during the time of George Bush, it would have been easy. Not during the time, but if you had George Bush in our time, mm -hmm. right? Bernie should have won. Bernie would have won in 2008. So... Ugh, what were we fucking thinking? Um, I think the we now was the time to schism. Like we were all on whatever it is that. Yo, like. We were all I, just drugged out of our minds. Fuck like, yeah, we were. The Obama 2008 thing was fucking magic. It was more like 
sports. You were fucking winning. Yeah, it was a lot like sports. It was euphoria. It was a concert, man. It was it yeah. was it was what it was what Trump was for Republicans. Finally, Finally like, we win, but you're not. You're losing. Yeah. You're just an idiot. Exactly. You're a sucker. You're actually. a sucker, right? And that hurts. That does hurt. And I don't think it's traumatic because you only realize it eight years later. Is that illusion isn't there with the Democrats with Joe Biden, right? I think that's why 2024 is a hazard for Democrats. They need yeah, to now they're fucked. They're, yeah, they're fucked. And if it had been four more years of Trump, they could have at least rebounded leftwards. Sure, but now they're toast because you're going to get something even worse. But I think now. If the Republicans, I think they are going to start marginalizing Trump because they're interested in power just like everyone else. And he's fucking with their money at this point. They've gotten everything they wanted out of him. So if they do go back to what they were doing before, then I think conservatives are fertile ground for schism into a third party. And I don't think the focus of DSA and of, you know, socialist alternative, all these different groups should be on Democrats or liberals. I think the focus should be on conservatives because it should be on working people. Yeah. Working, Mm -hmm. working people in my experience are more conservative to tell you the truth. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Certainly more conservatives than PMC college educated culture vultures. So I think that's where the focus should be in, in these times. Cause we, like we were saying the referendums are coming from conservative areas. That's where the progressive change is coming from. And they want fifteen dollars minimum minimum wage, which we couldn't get in Chicago under immense pressure. Yep. Uh, Left is putting all this pressure on City Hall. Couldn't get fifteen dollars an hour. They did something like thirteen five, and then only in a restricted area, and then it was optional, and then actually forget about it. And so we couldn't do that, and they just did it. So I mean, the left is deeply confused, and it's got to stop. But that's because the left takes its cues from academia. Mm-hmm. By and large, the left takes its cues from academia. Well, it spent its whole life in the educational institution, so it doesn't know anything else. There's just discipline in the right opinions. Well, right, because the left is, mm. a, it's basically just a church. It's a secular church. Mm. And, you know, it's, it, it presumes, it's like the, you know, <laughs> like it, you know, the thing about academia is you get hungry you know, you get a you get a taste of like the theoretical, like sort of, you know, you read a book by so and so, and you think, oh wow, it's a rush. You're um, just seeking out a rush, and and it gets really. I I think it's there's something really seductive about it because there's a lot of power in knowledge. Mm-hmm. You know, maybe it's not being material, able to sound like the one. Be able to sound. I mean, to be able to sort of, and it allows you, know, you to be a part of the meritocracy without the money. Mm-hmm. Right, allows you to, and that, you know, you can think, I'm smart enough. That's the danger. You know, uh, at least I'm not dumb. You know what I mean? I may not have the best. I earned it, I though. may be struggling, but at least I'm not stupid. I'm smart. I'm savvy. Mm-hmm. Not you a know? sucker. And it, it plays into, I think, our broader narcissistic tendencies of wanting to win arguments. Consumer be, culture. You know, yeah. So, I mean, I, I, think that that's, I think it's a mistake because then you can't reason with those people because they can't. Admit they they can never admit they're wrong. Well, they're always just right? looking for the I new mean, thing too. So it's never about being it's never about being it's never about being right. It's about being correct according to the new ever changing standard. But um, yeah, yeah. I don't know. I mean, I want to go back a second though because Thaddeus said something about um, so fascism. Go into that. People are talking about fascism, mm-hmm. and 
like, whew, we just dodged a bullet, right? Fascists out. Um, <clears throat> obviously, if a fascist government comes in, there is no next government. So the fact that there is another government means that this isn't um, fascism. But Well, there's not another government without a war. <laughs> right. Somebody's got to... Yeah. Some... some sh- People, there has to be a real revolution of some sort. Either. Yeah, people have to get yeah. drafted from Nebraska or whatever to go put an end to that. Yeah. And um, I mean, it just is worth to be clarify. I said if, if he were a fascist, we would have had full, full employment. I don't mean like things would have been better if he were a real fascist. Point is like, you know, if you look at FDR's definition, for instance, of fascism, it's the private ownership of the government by a select group of people. Mm-hmm. That's what we have. No matter who is in the White House, that's what we have. Right. And so these people should just point them fa- their fingers at themselves because it's not fascism leaving office. We still have that. I mean, if, if by FDR, FDR's definition, by others, I mean... Well, that's because for most people, fascism is just authoritarianism. Right? right? It's a conflation of the two things. But authoritarianism didn't kill 9 million people. Right, right precisely. But that's, well, actually, but any, any 70 sort of million people if you of all up. That kind of bravado or something, you know, like any co- vaguely friendly, co- vaguely cop friendly sentiment is fascist, right? Right. Like if I mean, you think, yeah, I mean, if you acknowledge the Chicago, cops are working you've even people. Said yourself, you look at the, the black, the blue lives matter flags and you said, that's creepy. Yeah. Well, it's true. When I see that black and white flag, I think it's red, white and blue jackass. Get it right. Like that's just freaky. Exactly. That's fucking scary. Stop that. You we- I don't think it's that you creepy. You weirdo. Yeah, it's it is. pretty fucking creepy. I it mean, is. it's creepy. Like, why black and white? But I don't... But that's aesthetic. Aesthetic, of course. And of course... I've got, my, I've got it under control. Well, a lot of people say that fascism is aesthetics, right? I mean, that's the whole... That's a big part of fascism. But if fascism is just aesthetics, then... Well, not just aesthetics, but that aesthetics is very important to mm-hmm. fascism, right? Fair I mean, definitely. thinking about what what counts as art and what doesn't count as art what spear and yeah how we're gonna fucking architecture build our building yeah architecture it's just aesthetics and it's not hurting anybody but we know it hurts people so it's not just black and white american flags right no no no. the the aesthetic is a tool to pacify people and to allow fascist the fascist policy to be implemented but the aesthetic is very important well right because i mean you want something that's beautiful right and where is it with donald trump where was it there was none of that it was the thing the entire time it It was cheese it was absolutely aesthetic that people want look at the italian look at the italian fascists in the 20s they i mean the golf courses the wife the kids the aesthetic was there with no absolutely was not it's not a fascist aesthetic that's the thing Mm. because it didn't look fucking good but you look at the fascist they had fashion sense fascist aesthetic in your opinion though in your no 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 right so if you're talking about the people the 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 fascist appeal to the people's aesthetic right and style. the aesthetic that people want now, because I was, I was let, let, let's let's bring in the, the the guy that always comes in who's never here, Margulis, right? Mm. He's always telling me that I think there would be a lot less violence if people dress nicely. And I'm, <laughs> no, 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 no. It, it's I I somewhat agree, right? Because oh people have expectations of you based on the way you present yourself. If you present yourself. In a way that looks professional, people respond to you differently. If everyone is professional, no one has these assumptions, people respond uniformly, right? The uniform produces a response, right? Sure. Respect the badge. If we're talking about the aesthetic of Donald Trump, right? 
<laughs> there is an aesthetic that people wanted. And what the aesthetic of regular people is, we don't want you to, we want to do our, we want to do what we want to do and we want to be congratulated for you, for it, right? We don't want an aesthetic of exceptionalism anymore. There's anti-fucking um, intellectualism and exceptionalism in America. Mm -hmm. We want to be congratulated for who we are. And mm -hmm. Donald Trump's aesthetic Celebration was of normality. all of this money doesn't matter. Mm -hmm. The aesthetic is you get to do what you want. You get to be who you want and you get to be beautiful for Fine, doing it. But that's not fascism. Fascism is a legion row after row of identical iron black marching Okay. Figures. And fascism is like the individual is nothing and the society is everything. And it's, it's, it's. Where do the red hats come in then? That's the legion of identical looking. The, the, I think the aesthetic is there. I don't Donald think the Trump aesthetic is, is, is what's missing. He's an asshole. Yeah, he's an asshole. But there's. Most Americans are assholes. I'm an asshole. You're an asshole. But right? I'm not a fascist and neither is Donald Trump. <laughs> no, I don't think he is. But I, I, I think. That's just hysterical. Let's. If we're talking about the elements of things, like you said with FDR, there's elements of fascism in American society at large, in the right. government, the which way we no practice paying, things, which right? No there's elements to. of fascism in Keynesianism. There's elements of fascism in the aesthetic of Donald Trump is what I'm saying, but that doesn't make him a fascist. Okay. That's kind of the point. All right, all right, all right. Right? So, I don't know, but... I, I just think it's funny. Uh, while I, So, while you guys were chatting about this, I just opened up my phone and I saw... CNN is reporting that uh, Dick Cheney will be advising Fuck Joe me. Biden on foreign policy. Oh, I quit. Shit. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I'm Look, sorry, hey, Daniel. I'm I sorry. I told you. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry. Fuck. Good people, folks. Good people. That's fine. Um, well, and, and somebody responded, people are forgetting that Dick Cheney is one of the people is walking out to run for a moment place. because he needs to breathe on like this Bill one. Bill Clinton encouraged Donald Trump to run. But you've... Yeah. All right, I'm back. I'm back. Why'd you do that to me? I'm sorry. I'm sorry. <laughs> I'm sorry. I didn't mean to. The insanity is just boiling inside of me, man. Fuck my wife. I was wrong then. <laughs> oh, I don't know. I mean, I mean, what are you going to do, right? I mean, I had a student in one of my classes. She's a young Muslim woman, 19 years old. We were talking about politics, you know, and during a... During a downtime or whatever, just I uh, just kind of asking them about what they all thought about the election, and she said, "Oh, I just voted." She goes, "My family really didn't know who to vote for, you know, because we're Muslim, and on the one hand, Donald Trump hates Muslims, but on the other hand, we're kind of worried that Joe Biden's going to be more likely to actually invade our countries, right? Uh, you know what I mean? So it's like a like how do you even, catch 22 the moral calculus of like deciding right. who the better person to vote for is the 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 worst like person is dick house, cheney man it's not like fuck my fuck that dick cheney's bad. bad dick cheney's a very bad man he's evil so i'm gonna make a a call to um people in florida the people who are really left um, who are policy oriented, the real reformers, the referendum activists, um, please help us. Because <laughs> um, here in Chicago, California, um, the, the blue left, 
Let, let's call them the red left. Yes. Yeah, the red left and the blue left. Yeah, yes. that's really what it is. The red left, you're better at this. The blue left, um, we need some help. Um, so my heart's broken today because of Dick Cheney. Yeah, I know. And uh, if you guys can help us, we can win. If, if, if it's left on the backs of the blue left, um. There's not a lot of hope out there, but, you know, like, uh, you know, Baldwin said, every day I'm alive, I got hope. Yeah. Yeah. He said, I'm a, I'm an optimist because I'm alive. Yep. There you go. Yeah. So that's, that's what I'm going with these days. I'm not, I'm not quitting. (laughs) 